You're checking out the Nifty Q Show. All right. Good morning. Good evening and a real good night uh, here from the Nifty Q Show. Welcome in. We are interviewing founders, leaders, and builders in the non-fungible token industry. Today, I'm sitting with a fellow 2017 DJ and Carlini to discuss what he's seeing in the current NFT markets, co-founding NFT boxes, uh, updates on Penelope's Country Club, and much more. Uh, Carlini, how are you doing here today, my man? Hey, I am great, thanks. A little tired. It's just gone just gone midnight here uh but very happy to be here chatting to you and uh you know, just talking about the good old days. It, it was it was the good old days, man. I, I want to say a, a quick shout out to Tigbo as well uh, for getting this set up. I know we were supposed to do this episode a couple times, man. So thank you for for coming in. Uh, I know we were trying to get it together two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and and things kind of you know got away from us. But that happens in the NFT space, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Um, I was yeah just happy that it could happen. Um, I was I was looking forward to it then, sad it couldn't. But yeah, let's let's get into it. Oh, 100%. So we'll, we'll kind of get into your background here. Before before we get started, I did want to know, I had a project on uh, a couple uh, weeks ago that was a very pet focused. There was, it was like cat VR or cat AR project. And I had to ask the founder if uh, they were either a cat or a dog lover. You know, you got uh, Penelope's here. Are you a cat person or are you a dog person? Uh, well, I have three cats. Uh and no dogs, so I guess that's that's the they're just easy. Uh, dogs are hard. Yeah, dogs are. I, I will give you that they're a little bit needy, uh, as, as they say. So uh, let's get started, man. I want to I want to touch on your background a little bit before the 2017 timeframe. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a big portion of our discussion. I think as it relates to the markets today, uh, I think a lot of people can learn uh, some things that we went through in those experiences. But before 2017, what were you doing uh, as an individual, as a person, uh, besides being a cat owner? Uh, so I was in I was in crypto. Uh, um, I was mainly drawn in by Ethereum. I did a little bit of Bitcoin mining. I'm not entirely sure of the year. All I know, it was my old house that I was in 2014, 2015. So I remember about a two-week period uh, where I mined a little bit. And then I've, I've still got the PC, but that hard drive's been wiped so many times. That's long gone. Uh, I just tell myself it wouldn't have been much even at the top, just so I feel better. Um then i just loved ethereum i love getting rid of the middleman so i know a lot of people you know they get into crypto to down down with the banks or whatever uh but for me it was it's the nft meme it was the utility i loved that stuff was actually happening you could actually talk about something that was going to happen in the future uh so i i bought you know, a little bit of Bitcoin in maybe 2015, a bit more crypto in 2016. I think that's when I first picked up ETH. Uh, even more in 17, and then straight into NFTs. But what I was doing work-wise was I was a professional gambler. Uh, so I was looking for... It started out with something called match betting, where you kind of gamble on both sides of a bet. So... A, a tennis game is a good example. You bet on one player or the other player, but you play the odds so that no matter what happens, you profit. And it kind of snowballed into casino, roulette, uh, slots, just making sure that I was always playing with an edge. 
Um, and yeah, for five years, that was my full-time job. I've talked with a lot of people on my podcast throughout the time. And although everyone kind of has a interesting background, I would say like the most common are gamblers. Is there a reason why there's a lot of gamblers uh, in the crypto space? I think we all know we're in one big casino here. But when <laughs> when you gamble full time, there's a there's a certain mentality you you need. You need to be OK with losses. And I think that's something Right now, we're going to see quite a lot. As the markets are dipping right now, the people who stay are most likely already, you know, okay with managing these sort of markets. And when you when you get used to losing lots and winning lots and huge swings, uh, it makes it a little easier. And we're already seeing Twitter quite be quite a lot quieter than, say, a month or two ago. So I think some people that maybe couldn't handle the swings have already already stopped looking at their phones so much what are you doing in a market like this uh when it when it comes to maybe a little bit quieter on twitter of course uh from from i guess the lot of everyone but what are your day-to-day changes like between a bear market and a bull market i'm uh i'm putting my thumbs together my fingers i'm making a triangle and i'm saying building (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in reality the day-to-day work you know i've Work on Penelope's Country Club. That's just every day, bear market, bull market. What I have to do probably changes. Um, So I do have to adapt to the market conditions for what we do for the community or what sort of information we put out. In my personal degening, I guess just think I haven't really minted in a while. Um, I bought... I guess the last thing I really did was the uh, the Bored Apes land drop. What did you make of that? I... Whew, how long we got? <laughs> <laughs> At least an hour. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess my view is they wanted to do a different type of drop, couldn't figure it out, and then just went for a gas war and made up made up this wave system, which I actually think is genius for other people that aren't bored apes. I think it's a great system for, say, me to use, but they already knew that wave one, it was selling out because they already had all the numbers. They knew how many KYC'd. So I think they just couldn't figure out how to do a Dutch in ape where the ape was going to arrive like an hour after it was sent. Said, okay, get rid of that. For whatever reason, we have to do this sale in April. It, it just felt like a rushed get it out job to me. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast uh, you were doing recently and you were talking about, I don't care whether it was a Dutch auction for a thousand ETH, the Dutch, the Dutch auction should have happened uh, to allow for an accurate market price and they didn't do that. And that's what led to this kind of crazy movement that you kind of saw uh, or I guess event that you kind of saw with the other deeds land yeah the longest the longest gas war we've ever seen i think <laughs> any other thoughts on ape token i don't want to spend a, a whole rabbit hole discussion but i, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on ape and where it's at right now uh the thing i like the most about it the most interesting thing just looking at it uh from afar i do hold ape but i'm you know i'm just too busy to really dig deep into everything all the proposals and everything that they're suggesting so i just I just pick someone and I allocate um, I allocate my votes to them. 
but the the part that interests me is this the first time we've seen a DAO say no. Nor, normally what a DAO means is team team suggests something, DAO says yes. The apes are fighting back. They're not happy that... I guess the team are saying nothing, right? Because the team aren't the one making the proposals. It's It's the board members or their companies and their... The proposals most mostly have been subpar, um, so it it was nice to see, I guess a, a more real DAO, like they're really actually working on it. Yeah, I know you guys have your token uh, that you've mentioned multiple times on a lot of the blog posts, a lot of the Twitter posts that you guys have uh, mentioned on your roadmap as well. So I know a DAO and in all of these pieces that uh, kind of come with a decentralized community are important. So anything you can take from what happened with Ape and their DAO to what you're doing with Penelope's? Uh, well, ours is slightly different because I don't think the Bored Apes model work for many projects. I think it works for them because they are Bored Apes. But I've gone for a daily yield uh, for my uh, token because that all that does is it continuously adds value to our NFT as we then build on the token. Whereas Bored Apes have said, this token is completely separate. We're going to work on Bored Apes and the board who we... You know, we found and they're all I don't know how these people have time to work on the board because, you know, co-founder of Reddit, who then invested 100 million Moonbirds and all of this stuff. And then founder of Amoica and, you know, all of these high ranking people in the space. They're going to be leading Ape. It does make it more of a DAO. And maybe that's why um, we haven't seen why we've seen the rejections it's not just yes 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 because they're thinking right this isn't the team but that's that's not the route i'm taking i think i think that fails for most projects um so i've i've avoided it uh, you seem to have a good mind for looking at these different tokenomics issues do you think their token distribution uh was something that you would do differently or how did you make of the dropping the initial ape coin to the holders of ape in the I guess, percentage that they did, but just in general, uh, that token distribution, how do you think it went? Uh, I think it depends on what the DAO do, um, because I'm, they're proposing staking at the moment, and I don't know if you've seen uh, Kobe's write-up on staking, where how have we gone from staking meaning something to it effectively being lock it up so price goes up. So the, the proposal of staking uh, by the DAO that, did get voted down, but I haven't kept up the last few weeks. They may have slipped uh, an amended version through. Is pretty much if you don't stake your token, you are losing value because everyone else is earning new token. Like if everyone stakes and it just sits there and they get more token, your token is being devalued unless you stake. And if you stake, you're not really, uh, everyone thinks, oh, I'm earning ape because I'm staking. But in reality, what's actually happening is you're just not losing value. You're, everyone is exact. If everyone stakes, everyone's got more ape, but that's the problem. Everyone has more ape. So you're not actually more well off. You might as well just double it. So 
because the staking isn't really for anything, I don't particularly like uh, the route they're taking. All right, so I don't want to make it too far down uh, a board ape rabbit hole. I'm sure there's other uh, places you guys can go for that. So let's go back to a little bit to 2017. Uh, I've got a little guy here uh, that's that I like to bring out from time to time. Not too much, but I've got uh, my man here, a little crypto kitty action. So oh yeah, I want to get your uh, thoughts, man, on on being early when it when it came to. Uh, NFTs. I know there were some NFTs beforehand. I was never involved. My first run-in with non-fungible tokens was definitely Dapper Labs, CryptoKitties. But uh, tell me your experience there in 2017 and maybe uh, before then with NFTs. Oh, you've, you've put me in a tough spot because I say CryptoKitties so much that the Penelope's community have a, almost a drinking game built around it. Whenever oh, I say... Well, take a shot. Whenever I, <laughs> whenever I say it, they drink. Um so yeah, there were there were stuff before, obviously, but in my opinion, CryptoKitties was the first real community around an NFT project. I know um, that there were people around different projects. There was there was a couple of art projects, and obviously there was Punks. But when you go back and look at Punks Discord, it was tiny at the time, really, uh, in comparison. And I. I put a tweet out at one point, um, maybe about half a year ago at this point, CryptoKitties 2017 December, they had the same amount of posts in their Discord as the Punks Discord from its inception in, I think it was June 2017, until 2021. So that's, it. it was something along the lines of, Three and a half years it took punks to do what the first month of CryptoKitties uh, Discord editing, um, this Discord posting, sorry, uh, which just shows the scare is really hard to to get across to people how big it was because I guess I t I take it back to the old days in gaming where right now if you want to play a game you know. There are so many options. You you open up Steam and everyone's got 200 games they've bought, installed, and not played. Whereas when I was a kid, if you bought a game, you played it because there were, the, there were not many options. And back then, there was pretty much one NFT community that you could be in, get responses, actually chat about NFTs, in real time. Like if you went to Punk's Discord and tried to talk, it would take, you know, you'd have left your PC by the time you got a reply. Whereas CryptoKitties, it was, you know, by the time you've typed out your next sentence, there were 10 more posts. It was the place to be uh, that month. So it was, it was very eye-opening of what ethereum could do i guess uh could do and, and, and could not do as well yes the the funny thing about back then is when they say you know cryptokitties killed ethereum it took gas to levels that we saw as normal last year like oh it's down to 200 not much is on whereas for cryptokitties it went from you know sub one to 100 and everyone freaked out because <laughs> because they couldn't do anything when in reality they could do something because Ethereum didn't break it was just expensive and I just I always find it funny because you know back then when it broke it was maybe $50 for a high-end transaction and people just 
people will send Ethereum now for 250 last year. So, you know. What did CryptoKitties, I guess, like enlighten in your mind that this was actually going to be more than what it was at the time, right? Like, it, of course, there were pictures on the screen. NFTs weren't really a thing again uh, during that time. I know it's like a very trendy word. A lot of people, even in the general space, know non maybe NFT as a term, but non-fungible tokens as they exist today. But back then, there wasn't really the, this zeitgeist. There wasn't really this understanding. What you know, hit for you? What was that light bulb moment of seeing Dapper Labs creation on the screen? It was, it was playing an MMORPG, but you were in your world. And I know technically when you, when you were playing the game and you were minting and you were selling, you were doing it on the CryptoKitties website, but because you weren't really in it, you know, if you, you download a game, you, you open it up, or even, even you know, going way back when you'd play on Miniclip, it was just so much, so different when you're actually playing a game. It just didn't have that feeling of you were going somewhere else to do what you were doing. You were doing it exactly where you were. You owned these things and you were selling them in real time and you saw the balance go up. And... Obviously, money is is a big driving force uh, in this space, and it just the money felt like a leaderboard. I was making much more at the time gambling every day than I was, you know. I'd I remember aiming for an Ethereum a day, uh, breeding Crypt's kitties and selling them, and at that point, an Ethereum maybe four or five hundred dollars, where I was probably doing free for so this was at the start of december i know it it ran up uh it was quite a crazy december uh so it, so at one point it did hit one free so it might be four five hundred pounds just because i'm in the uk so that might be what i'm remembering but like gambling i was doing free free four thousand pounds ev in a day but i wasn't drawn to do that I was drawn to this game of breeding and selling cats because I was making money, but more fun, I guess. I I also vividly remember because I was doing the Google Sheet thing, too. I thought I was going to be a billionaire breeding these cats. It, it didn't work out. Uh, Dapper Labs, I think, still has some issues uh, to work out, even with a project like Top Shot, which I saw in, in my research that you were uh, a little bit involved in. But it, it that w I remember that being one of the first times I had the Ethereum not being real money effect either. I wasn't looking at it as, hey, I'm trading uh, a picture of a cat and trying to breed a picture of a cat for five hundred dollars. I'm doing it with, you know, point five ETH or something or something like that. I remember that vividly being my first not caring about the, the dollar amount because it was on ETH. That was a th those are fun times. Man. That, that was the thing before that. It was simply a token you bought because you thought the price would go up. And you, you weren't doing anything with it, right? You weren't earning Ethereum. Whereas this was that that's why that disconnect exists, because in NFT or just, you know, in a in DeFi summer or just whenever you can use something to make more of it, your goals sometimes change to making more of it rather than more dollars. Because 
if it can go up in price and you can make more of it, oh, great. D double double dipping the profit. Yeah, I want to roll this into a conversation and, and move along the timeline. I could stay in 2017 for a while, but let's let's continue to move on. Uh, I think that probably the best way to kind of get a recap from then to now uh, is probably to, you know, I could I could use Dapper Labs maybe as a bridge here so we could talk about, you know, how you know, maybe why CryptoKitties isn't as big today, being one of those first projects and, you know, top shot kind of leading into this this next bull run. So I guess let me let me frame this question. I know I kind of talked out loud for this piece, uh, but why don't you think CryptoKitties is is a bigger project today? Uh, well, for, I guess, a similar reason that people are unhappy with Topshop, because CryptoKitties always had the goal of effectively, I mean, it wasn't their goal, but it was effectively a Web2 company in a Web3 space. And Topshot is kind of a Web2 thing. It's it's a product. They're offering you collecting cards on the blockchain. Well, they, they're offering you moments, um, which is the change, but that's what they're offering. They're trying to replicate the card-collecting world. And that doesn't mean that you profit. Uh, I think Topshot would have done much better if all the other collections didn't exist because people just have an absolutely inflated view of what should happen when you buy a good NFT. The price should go up because it's good. And in reality, CryptoKitty should now be a relic. It should be... This was the first ERC721. It is what I call the first wave of adoption. Um, it, it got in, it was the first project ever to 100,000 unique users, which is still quite an insane number. Like very few have ever done. I think Axie Infinity were the next to do it. And then it might have even been Top Shot. Uh, so I think it went dapper. Axie and Axie exists because of Dapper. They the team met in CryptoKitties, and then Dapper again. So what they're what Dapper are good at doing is getting lots of people in, um, and that was always their goal. That was one of the issues with um, CryptoKitties. Well, it was it was the supply and demand aspect, but uh, they Dapper. I remember maybe middle of December somewhere did an article where they said we want we want there to be crypto kitties that are two to three dollars and discord rioted <laughs> and they said this from the start of Topshop they said look price has to be low we need people to get in our goal is to bring people to the they're one of they're one of the only companies who say our goal is to bring as many people to uh, NFTs as we can and then they do actions that try and do that and then people don't like that because when you get loads of people in you actually need really cheap NFTs and when all you're really after is profit you're not too much of a fan this is a really cool conversation because I feel like people are having this combo now with Solana saying, hey, you know, there's not going to be a lot of gas fees here on this protocol. So we can do two to three dollar NFTs. So here's adoption. But how do you 
how do you merge these two thought processes of, of, you know, still being in web three, still having a small community that's looking for, you know, not to have their NFT or their asset completely diluted with trying to bring new people into the project. Is, is there a way to do that at scale or is it just two that are never going to work together? I think there is a, a way to do it. Um, but I do think you need the demand. You, what we're seeing is the the projects that have gone big, I think go big before they have the people to go big because they then say, oh, but then we're ready for when they come. But if you can just mint these almost out of nowhere for very cheap on Solana, on Flow, then in my opinion, what you should be doing is waiting until that demand comes and then minting. Um, so you should just try to meet the demand instead of it it gets tricky because when when you start having vcs involved and you have targets to meet and then they you know if we can sell more of this so that we can meet that target which unlocks bursary a you know it just gets it it's not a one one solution solves all because there are things behind the scenes that i couldn't possibly know about i guess man that i i'm very very uh, happy with this combo i mean gaming is having this uh, dilemma in my opinion you mentioned axie uh there's a lot of you know big assets that are being sold uh bought and sold in in the nft space when it comes to gaming but that doesn't really lead to a great playing experience for people that are used to free-to-play games that are spending you know just 10 bucks 20 bucks here and there on their avatar or something like this how does that work with trying to sell an asset that you bought at a hundred for a thousand? You know that I just I know I can I could stay here for a while, uh, but definitely like your thoughts here on on this subject. Yeah, so I've always been, I, well, I kind of go through phases with gaming because, as as I said, it was the sort of game my gaming past that made CryptoKitties click for me instantly and I was like right where where else can these happen in in the world where do I see this going and at the time and I think it's still pretty big it was Clash of Clans was the big mobile game of the time and people were wailing out and giving all this money to the company just for prestige and I was wondering if instead of instead of the money going straight to the company, what if fifty percent of everything you spent went into some sort of prize pool that people were competing for? And in that way, it was a sustainable model because the money was coming in from people paying because they wanted to play or compete. Effectively, it's it's almost the opposite of what's happening in NFTs now. The whales are feeding the I can't even remember. It's, it's too late. I can't remember what the little uh, tadpoles it is or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> krill, yeah, krill. So the the whales feed the krill. Whereas what we saw with Axie during their big run up is the whales were just getting the krill to work for them and split the profits with the krill. But where are those profits coming from? And it it was effectively speculators. People were speculating the price of uh, AXS or um, Smooth Love Potion were going to go up and they were buying and they were effectively exit liquidity for 
Was it? It wasn't Venezuela, was it? Which country? The one country was Philippines. It was a huge amount of their GDP, a, a huge amount for a game, anyway. Um, and you're just, where is this money coming from? Whereas in a game that people want to compete at, like so many of these mobile games are just absolute money sinks of pay to win. Like the amount the amount of ads I've seen for Raid Shadow Legends, there must be a lot of people paying to play that game just to just to win. They're not trying to profit. But if you took some of that whale cash and pumped it in, like if if the gems you bought in these mobile games was a token and you know an ERC twenty, maybe, you know, on whatever chain to make it free. Uh hopefully a musical X down the line. If that was all possible, that's the sort of ecosystem I can see working because it works straight up. If people are paying to play and they can they can let the lower down people compete for some of that money, they then, as the whales, have people to almost show off to, right? They want to be top of those leaderboards. And to be top of the leaderboards, you want loads of people playing the game. And... Um, there will be people if there's some money to be made. So it's almost the the opposite that we currently see. I'm sure there's far more complicated ways to make this sort of thing work, but I I can't figure that out. And for looking at the stats, I don't think anyone else has yet over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely on the fringes of things it's tough to figure out we're trying to you know solve this equation as we go so there's a lot of people in the nft space between that 17 time and sitting here in 2022 uh you mentioned immutable x so i'm thinking gods unchained there you mentioned axie infinity is it is there a project within that time frame that you thought was gonna be a lot you know bigger at this point uh that from that 2017 to now was decentraland something that you immediately thought hey is this is gonna pop or maybe you kind of predicted that it wasn't gonna take hold because in my opinion it really hasn't uh done as as well as sandbox maybe even crypto voxels uh at this point but it, it was gods unchained something you think would be more popular now so maybe just a lightning question there are there any projects you think that you thought would be bigger at this point? Oh, load. I invested in so many games, an unbelievable amount of games, um, and they all died except Axie. Um, the most, one of them was incredibly annoying <laughs> because I spent one Ethereum on however many tokens. Then it, it was almost like an I, ICO game. So went to their fancy website, better than you know any NFT project website you see now. Huge white paper read through that, oh, this is going to be great. It it was along the lines of Star Citizen, you know, high-end high space game. Uh, there's one similar-ish on Solana now, which I completely Star forget. Atlas. Yes, that's the one. Um, so it was 2017, along those lines, I get something like 2 billion of their token. They die in 2018, and a different project, some sort of supercomputer, take up the same ticker. So now when I do tax software, it thinks I've got 2 billion of this top 200 coin. And it throws, every time I started a new, a new software, it thinks I'm a billionaire. And it's so annoying. <laughs> 
That reminds me of the old uh, Blockfolio errors. Do you yeah, remember those errors yeah. on like Ether Delta where you'd wake up and you'd be like, holy shit, I'm a billionaire, a millionaire. What a night. Oh, no, actually, I can't sell that. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've got I've got so many questions, but we definitely want to get uh, what you're doing at Penelope's down. So within that uh, NFT uh, kind of run up, uh, I think the first thing that I remember kind of interacting with, and we joked about this on our roundtable show uh, yesterday, was was Wax, right? Like Wax was a big project at the time. NFT boxes, I think, you know, you guys were doing a lot of projects uh, on Wax, if I'm not mistaken. I remember NFT boxes being uh, a really cool project, and you co-founded that. So uh, kind of give me your thoughts on, on wax there as well. That could be one that maybe I thought would have more adoption, but also it just feels like it never got that connection to Ethereum. So your take on wax and then kind of moving us into to NFT boxes. Um, I completely dismiss wax the day they, there was, there was one day, maybe 2018, where they bought the CryptoKitty floor. They they did the equivalent of sw- sweeping the floor, you know. They they opened up Gem or Genie, but that that was never done. Back in the day, you did not sweep floors. You looked for certain things and you bought that NFT. And they must have bought a cut, maybe five hundred, maybe a thousand CryptoKitties off the floor to sell on their site in Wax. No one bought them because it made absolutely no sense. These were the worst cuts of the worst. They were so cheap. There was there was absolutely no reason to go to Wax and buy these, and at this point, I just thought these guys don't have a clue about NFTs. And then looking into it more, you know, the whole—I don't know how many PCs it actually runs on, but it felt like it was on about five. Not very decentralized. I just didn't see the reason to. I even did more stuff on Tron. I, I liked Tron more for my sins. <laughs> Shout out to Justin's son. I haven't said that in a, in a minute on the show. Uh, but it's, he's left. He left Tron. He's uh, he's running politics now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess with uh, with millions and, and billions of dollars, you can do that. So, so I don't know. Did you guys have wax projects in NFT boxes? Am I remembering that incorrectly? No, I, I don't think that was us. Um, that must have okay. been someone else because we launched January 2021. Okay. And it, dude, what was wax? That must doing have been then? 10 years ago. So I get my timelines yeah, confused. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit about this because obviously, you know, you co founded that with Pranksy. What was that, you know, I guess origin story and, and, you ended up leaving the project. I'd love to hear kind of just a, a quick, you know, note on on this time in your life in NFTs. I guess the the rundown is I knew Pranksy pre NFTs. Uh, I got Pranksy into CryptoKitties. Uh, we sort of degened NFTs together. Uh, he was, I knew him through gambling, so we were both degening in almost every area of our life. Just you know, going through the the NFT waves, all the different 2018 stuff, crypto celebrities, Ethermon, CSC, all these different all these different projects, Um, and then just stocking stocking up goods. I remember at one point we were trying to Pranksy was trying to convince a group of us to buy something like 500 CryptoPunks for 0.2 ETH each. And as a group, we didn't go for it because I think the floor was like 0.15, but you would never have got that much that much volume because you'd have moved the floor too much. Uh, and he stocked up quite a few. Sort of basically we were just, you know, 
degenerate NFT friends. Um, and I idea of building a box based thing and selling what we called at the time our bags, all the all the dead NFT like it wasn't even, you know, the Yetis of this world. It was NFTs that you could no longer see because they weren't even ERC seven two ones. They were basically reskinned ERC twenties. And the images, the the websites were long gone and I can't even find the tokens now if I wanted of so many projects. And just we we had a group discord with quite a lot of people and that sort of idea would always just crop up with no one ever actually, you know, building on it. And I'd sent Pranksy a DM twenty twenty December, maybe two weeks before Christmas, and just said, Look, should we do it properly? You know a lot of artists at this point, so I think he'd just done uh, a big build in Crypto Voxels, Pranksyland, where he got different artists in each plot um, to go, go with a theme. Um, and the idea was you do that sort of thing, but in a box. The artist gets other artists in, so people buy a box and they get 10 bits of curated art. Maybe add in some projects as well, which Sandbox did every every single time every single box they put something in they were very very good to work with and i would basically my my side of the business was community talking to the people in discord all the time figuring out what it was they were after and then finding the devs organizing the devs getting the website up you know all the sort of i i had to get it to work and he had to get it to sell and fill the box. So he would talk to the artists and sell it, and I would talk to the devs and the community. And I ended up selling my half to him just because we wanted very different things. I wanted to focus on um, the the community. So, you know, it was almost like the Top Shot conundrum. If they keep, you know, putting these things out without any reason, the prices would drop. So I wanted to add sort of I wanted to gamify the art so that the community would keep art pieces they didn't want. Whereas Pranksy would go, no, look, I'm talking to the artists all day. I can't say, hey, can you put some art in this box? But then eventually it might be pontified. A utility. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, but look, the community need this. And he was like, but the artists need this. And we just, I was like, okay, look, we're not going to, because we were 50-50 in a, a UK registered business. So I said, okay, I'll sell my half to you and go do the community stuff and you can stay here and do the art stuff. And so we still talk, you know, most days, still friends. Um, so it was more for, a, you know, a good split, I guess. Yeah, and, and you guys did a great uh, job with that project, obviously. I mean, I remember it just being a, a great, uh, you know, mover at the time uh, with the different artists and all these different things that you're mentioning. Uh, Pranksy obviously is a is a big personality as well uh, in the NFT space, has had uh, a lot of different uh, projects that he's been, you know, involved in. You, you mentioned you're still friends with him. I don't know him personally, of course. What is the role of influencers in the NFT space today? Because, you know, Pranksy has had, you know, effect on like i'm like i mentioned a bunch of different nft projects you seem to have some knowledge you know behind the curtain a little bit you know of, of what what goes on what is the role of, of influencers in today's nft market maybe especially in the bear market well they 
they pretty much decide what people buy, right? Uh, it's just, just marketing is everything in NFTs right now. And um, I guess when you say the word influencer, generally there's there's bad energy there. People people aren't too happy with the word influencer. Like if you were if you were doing a good or bad quick quick move like you'd say words and people have to say good or bad you know dog good cat good influencer i think most people would say bad it's you see that word as a bad thing and i guess in this space i would say you know maybe the last year pranksy has seen his influence that he's had and really stepped back and trying to do things properly and not the, the absolute shill fest that we see with others where they're just like, oh my God, I just minted upside down yellow birds. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, I, I saw a video for... That probably exists. <laughs> it almost certainly does because yellow is like OX, right? Uh, I saw bird, bird boobs, moon boobs, which is just moon birds, but they've put boobs on from probably one of the crypto dick butts uh, derivatives that sounds like a good that sounds like a good combination to be honest <laughs> that's it that team's building right uh and uh, the the issue is people follow influencers because they can make money knowing you, you have to follow influencers to know where the market's going if you care if you're day trading nfts or week trading nfts you have to follow them and that gives them a bigger it's almost like trading rules like traders have these rules that if x happens y then happens and if influencer tweets x y happens because people think y will happen it just makes it happen and that just makes them stronger for the next time because the people who followed their call have made money and a lot of people if done in a different sphere of influence would be heavily heavily fined for their actions um i think back to in i i don't watch it uh but in the uk there's a show called love island and generally people go on to become influencers because they're on the tv for a month and when they come out they get good brand deals and a year or two ago someone was fined pretty badly for doing a it was something like a £2,000 shill and not disclosing that it was an ad. £2,000 is absolutely nothing to a high influencer here. And I do not see hashtag ad almost ever. It's very true. I've just I've just bought into... Even giving away whitelist spots, people need to put ad if they have in any way benefited. And doing a give, giveaway benefits mm-hmm. you. Luckily, I'm covered because I give, I do giveaways for my own projects. So that's you're covered there because it's quite clear. You know, if Bill Gates is tweeting about Microsoft, you should probably know he likes Microsoft. Yeah, we're very much in an environment uh, of the Wild West, as as people you know mainly have uh, used as an example. So there's a lot of things that go on that 
wouldn't go on on, on more established sectors. So uh, another being doxed teams, right? Like I'm sitting here next to a, a very dapper cat uh, here on the on the video uh, as we sit here on the Nifty Key Show, guys. Uh, we do we do this every uh, Wednesday, Thursday, usually at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard, uh, but today we're coming here a little bit later. So I just wanted to get a quick shout out to you guys. But sitting here next to a cat, you are uh, not your semi docs as we talked about before the episode. Uh, your team is doxed as well but what is the role of you know doxed uh individuals or not undoxed individuals here i think that that's a big you know talking point here today as we see some rugs happening from you know undoxed teams what do you make of the doxed versus undoxed debate um i think it's getting more important uh and i think it only really recently became more important um there there was that case where two people basically rugged everyone went to court and i think they've ended up in prison uh for a certain amount of time or or heavily yeah maybe 15 years in prison or some like you know you see so much in the nft space every day was it the couple was it the the couple are you talking the no it's that sorry the rapper girl who hacked no, this was mm-hmm. this was an NFT project founder who who minted and then basically said, see you later, we're rugging. Uh I can't remember exactly who. It's and it's not Pixelmon, the uh New Zealand guy, uh, although he did make the news over there. But the there has def I can't for it was it was not squiggles, but it was maybe along that kind of line where they minted and then didn't do anything and went to court and they've been jailed for it and then suddenly quite a lot of projects came back and started tweeting because they think right we need a minimum viable roadmap production here so that we don't end up in jail and when there is a real risk of properly because obviously one project in thousands that have rugged isn't a big risk when there's a real high chance that just straight up rugging or having having the intention to just mint and do nothing does send you to jail, then I think being fully doxxed is going to be, you know, a a thing. And while I am a cat, that's mainly because it's... Have you seen the meme where there's all those absolutely massive chad gym guys like typing on their laptops to the little weak kid and they're like you got it king you got this when i'm a cat in everyone's mind i'm the chad i'm the the big chin sort of chad guy that basically i'm size chad and then when i dox i'm not so you're you're letting everyone fill in the void of what who you are as an individual is that what you're saying or exactly you fit they fill in the imagination right uh it's it, it that that's not even like planned or anything like it just at this point i don't i just don't have a webcam and that was my first few uh oh, okay. that was my first few interviews and then it was like well now i kind of can't uh the penelope's is a, a uk again like nft box is a uk registered business um it, you know it's registered to me i'm like i'm not hiding i'm not um i wouldn't say i'm undoxed i am doxed i just don't like to 
share it, I guess. Yeah, NFT ethics probably will get get on the case here. Oh, here and, NFT ethics knows where I live almost certainly, but they've got <laughs> they've got nothing to post about. And and anyone, I've had community members send me my address, um, like not in a threatening way or anything, but they they were like, if I wanted to send you some merch. Could I send it here? And I was like, as long as it's not a nail bomb or whatever, fine. Well, what I'm getting uh, from you here is that I would probably be cooler if I was undoxed. So I'll, I'll, I don't know if I can reverse this uh, this feature. Once you doxed, you're doxed. So you just need a new name, right? Yeah, that's true. Just create a new persona. <laughs> Later, guys. We're gonna end the stream now. But uh, <laughs> anyways, let's get into uh, Penelope's here, man. I want to hear how you kind of founded uh, the Penelope's Country Club. A really, really cool project. You guys have been around for for a year. Uh, obviously, you know you have this reputation as being uh, a really solid individual in the space. Uh, so I think a really solid you know, foundation there for any project. But tell me a little bit about uh, Pernelpies. Yeah, so it was born out of selling my half of NFT boxes to Pranksy. Um, and I guess, like as you were just saying, reputation does matter. And I have used the same wallet since the days of CryptoKitties. Uh, I, I have used, you know, other wallets when I don't want everyone to know what I'm buying or selling just because even in my level of non-influencer I don't like people knowing that I'm buying an X and then I'm selling a Y because I start to get messages like oh why are you selling my projects like well because I kind of want to profit sometimes you know um, and I have 16 and a half thousand transactions on my main wallet never scammed anyone so that's sort of and th these are mostly NFT trades or mints or whatever and what I've done there is I've built a reputation of, you know, being trustworthy, which is probably more more useful than just having my name because, you know, your name you technically can change, but I can never change that wallet's transactions. So Penelope's was, I wanted to do it right. It's, it is a profile picture project, but done right is kind of how I sell it. And a profile picture project, in reality, is just a, a web-free business because you can do anything once you've got that profile picture. People go for games. People go for education. People go for tokens. You know, there are, there are loads of different ways you can take it. You can go alpha groups. And being nimble is very important because you don't know it's not even what the next meta is. It's what's the next breakthrough in this tech. So recently we airdropped a grandma to all Penelope's country club holders. And the the little Easter egg we had in there is if you own the same number Penelope as you have grandma, the grandma will hold up a frame of the Penelope in front of her, like all proud of proud of the Penelope and that changes on OpenSea as soon as it's in your wallet um, and that's not even like you know a big tech thing that's not even new but you don't know what's next we don't know what's coming so being able to pivot what we do is we focus firstly on the community so it is a meme I know everyone says you know community but we actually communicate with them we've got 60 plus uh youtube videos 
in less than a year out there. We've got lots of Medium articles. We've got thousands of tweets on our account. We put out maybe four to six tweets a day, all planned by the social media team, you know, just like a normal business would. But that's very rare in NFTs. Um, and like I said, we've done eight airdrops, all of which have multi-purpose. So we're going to release an NFT called the Collection Log, which sort of shows what you have within our universe. And like the grandma, that will update in real time. So if you've got a Penelope, it will show. And then if you sell it, it leaves. Can I just say that the grandma uh, piece is an interesting piece of game game theory there that, that I'm sure went well, but you got people eventually just asking, where's my grandma? Yes. So essentially you would need to match the the cat with the grandma to to get the feature you were talking about so eventually somebody would get your grandma and not sell you it so then you couldn't get this feature i just think it's a, a cool uh game theory piece there you've you've said something that was incredibly interesting to me when this happened because normally you mint an nft and whatever nft you get that's yours that's your nft whereas as you've just said people have been going you've got my grandma when no, you've you've got your NFT. They have your matching grandma, but people don't see it that way. We've changed we've changed how they view the NFT, which was very interesting to see a community get someone's built a site where you put in your wallet and it will tell you who has air quotes your grandma. So you can hunt them down to try and do a deal. We did we did on purpose not really make a you know, rare traits, because when you're going for a swap, you know, there are some that are rarer, but there's no gold ape, you know, there's no gold grandma. Um, and that's so that the trades are much easier. Hey, can I swap this for this? Yeah, because it's better for you. We aren't really seeing any scalping, which was my worry, because we had a, a companion earlier, it was our second airdrop, the kittens, and they're held up. Um, with arms they're sort of dangling in the picture and you can just see arms and those arms are the penelopes and again the kitten the arms in the kitten profile picture match the cat number so my my cat number kitten form has the gold arms dangling down holding the kitten and then we have the grandma holding the frame so we've kind of progressed it with the grandma and uh, we've got a few ideas how to take that further down the line, but I, I can't spill. I hope everyone at home can understand like the importance of the conversation that's and in the the I guess evolution of what you guys are doing with Penelope's because that is one of the first times that I've heard what you exactly what you talked about of any other project of trying to assign ownership to something that's really not yours. And I, I say that facetiously, I say that like totally in a funny way, but that is one of the first times where I've heard of people, you know, saying, hey, even though I don't own that, based on the lore or based on the storyline of this project, that is mine. You know, like that's that's a cool, cool feature that you guys have added. And that's kind of what NFTs are all about. For me, you know, online ownership and the other key thing is connection. And it originally when I came into this space, I thought it would be connection with other people, which obviously it can be. So an artist can connect with their collectors much easier because they know where all the pieces they've sold are. 
But this was a different connection with an NFT, which completely blindsided me, like for at least maybe the first three years of NFTing. I just didn't think your connection would be with the NFT or even with law. Whereas people are now proving that the connection can be with, I guess, in a way, almost anything. If you can connect with an NFT, what can't you connect with? Uh, all right, we'll, we'll move on to the kind of roadmap updates here. I wanted to get, you know, what Pernelope's is getting into as it relates to, you know, any upcoming features. I know the token is one that I'm really, really, uh, you know, interested in as it relates to adding NFTs uh, to, or I'm sorry, adding ERC-20s to current NFT projects. I feel like a lot of projects do that when they're not ready to, you know, and I think you have the idea that we're building, you know, for that demand, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the NFT project should be doing that. So take me into any updates as it's relating to Pernelope's and then into that token piece. Yeah, so token is a huge part of where we're going. Um, and we're currently effectively doing a token sale. We have uh, a sale coming up where we're selling NFTs that will yield 20% of the total supply of uh token over a 15 year period so this will slowly daily be released to people and the the powerful thing about tokens there is you can stop people having to sell their nft for profit the so we're everything we're doing right now is to try and connect people to their nft we're making We've done this grandma thing, you know, we want them to think about why they want their NFTs. And we, an absolutely huge thing we've done is ENS subdomains, where they effectively name their cat. Again, it adds to the stickiness. People want to keep their ENS subdomain, they want to keep their wallet, they want to keep their grandma, they might want to keep their set. And if all you're doing is keeping stuff, you know, this space sadly is at the moment mostly about profit so we can give them this token which they can sell but our job is to make them not want to sell it so it's it's going to be our ecosystem token and we will be constantly putting out updates of how they can spend it and I've I've just had to watch all the other projects. So, like you said, they put it out before they're ready. Um, right next to me here is I've got a bit of a contract here for opening up the company that will launch Token, uh, and it was registered on. Uh, it's probably best not to the day; it might dox it. But the first two weeks of December last year. So we're looking at almost six months ago actually probably over six months ago now, that we registered a company to launch token. So we have been thinking about this for a long time. Um, we're making sure that we do it right. And when you do launch it, the main thing you need is utility. So again, something that Bored Apes didn't do, but they didn't need to. But everyone else will need to. Um, because who wants your token just because it's there? You need to give them a reason. Um, so we will be launching with uh, m multiple 
reasons to use your token instead of sell it, multiple reasons to buy it. Because obviously, if people are going to want to sell it, we need to convince people to buy it. So there need to be, we need to create reasons to buy it when you don't own a Penelope's Country Club NFT as well. We need we need to try and tap into a wider market. Um, Any examples you can give off the bat, or you guys have that under wraps for now? Uh, the 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 one uh, purpose that I've already shared, so I can. Uh, I'm I'm not very good at keeping things secret. Is our tier two? So the grandmas and the kittens are kind of well, they're what we call tier three. So in the board AP ecosystem, they would be your kennel club, the dog. Tier two would be the mutants, or for punks, it would be the me bit. Um, so our tier two will only be claimable via token and that's mainly because it's the best way at the moment to give a use case uh for a token uh cyberkongs did it with their babies uh you could you could breed uh two cyberkongs with a certain amount of banana and that saw a lot of demand their issue was when they came to the end of babies, they didn't have anything else for uh, banana to be spent on. So there was a huge cliff in demand on banana right away. And suddenly everyone that had banana was trying to sell it because they had no reason to keep hold of it. And then they release, you know, they release something later. So what we're trying to do is build up sort of a pipeline of things that we can release at certain points that hopefully mean, if we've calculated it correctly, that demand will be matched pretty well as token continues to come out and the thing with an nft is in reality it only costs us work time you know the artist has to make the art the dev has to create the contract the web dev or the ideas guy need to make a reason for that nft to exist whereas we've we we're also sending out uh, physical models but the issue with the models is they cost money. So we have to pay to create them, which means if we take token for them, we have to sell that token. So it's not really taking it out of the ecosystem, which is why the NFT is so good, because you can just completely remove that token without having to put it in to replenish anything. Uh, so that's the that's the first first one I've revealed. What other roadmap features can you get to before we get out of the uh, episode here, man? I think it's been a good one. We're hitting at about an hour, so just wanted to get on some roadmap features with, with, with what you guys are building. Well, I, if I had to talk about just one, it would be subdomains. But if I quickly whip through, say, the biggies, we have an NFT world coming built by Entity Builds. Uh, it's coming out with four games uh a golf game a zombie apocalypse game an escape room and a pvp game um and because it's nft worlds it's sort of in a minecrafty based world based on you know the most battle hardened gaming tech in the world because minecraft is the most played um that will have the world token introduced originally and it won't be play to earn it'll be play and earn so get the most zombie kills in a day get some token get the best score on golf get some token you know it'll be based on achievements rather than turning up which i think is most projects is problem right now they they pay you to turn up basically uh 
so that's that's the world we have uh, a fresh website coming which will in time host a different type of game which i'm calling a social game which you may have seen the uh, subdomains floating around on twitter um i don't know if you've played any sort of nft games at the moment cool cats game DeFi kingdoms you know click on quest accept transaction off they go the the cool cats website is excellent it's a very smooth experience but i think we're seeing the the floor drop because it's not super fun what what i want to do is sort of take that a different route i want that excellent smooth website but i want your quests to be related to your ens subdomain so you can link your ens subdomain to an api of almost anything web2 so because it's the most useful for sort of a project we'll start with twitter and your quest for the day could be like 10 other .pcc.eth tweets you know something as simple like that and what that does is it makes your community interact with each other somewhere else instead of discord they're liking each other's tweets on twitter algo hits up they start seeing other pcc.ethers they get closer as a community they chat more you've got a more active community when built into a smooth website with leaderboards and currently we don't even we we just have a discord bot that tells you how many other .pcc.eths you're following and people love it there's no rewards there's no nothing they just want to follow other pcc.ethers and it gives you hints so say you follow i think there are about 450 at the moment and if you follow 350 it will give you a hint of one that you're not following and it will also tell you all the fake ones that you're following because people saw that we were doing this and just started putting .pcc.eth in their name to get free followers well now we got another sort of quest which is go and follow all the fake unfollow all the fake ones that you do follow and it just gives you a big list of everyone uh, that have briefly tricked you before you fix it well, I think you're onto something there with the .pcc too, because it's taking up real estate uh, or like filling a, a valuable portion of real estate on one of the most active com NFT community websites, you know, out there, right? Social media is out there. Like Rug Radio, I think, experimented with this uh, with their with their Twitter header, where if you go to somebody's you know Twitter header, there's real estate there that can be utilized by an NFT project. You know, PFPs are, are a great example of that within the profile picture but you guys are doing that in the actual profile name i think it's it's genius yeah so it's it's your brand dot your favorite brand which currently is us because there's no one else you know favorite by default and then your favorite chain which is obviously Eve or your crew <laughs> so it it just allows people to both be themselves while also telling people more about them which I think is where NFTs will go anyway. Your wallet's going to end up being an expression of yourself when we can hmm. curate it a bit more. Because obviously right now, all my wallet would tell anyone is that I hold NFTs that make people spam flyers at me for their mint. Uh, whereas in the future, you know, it's a second profile picture, isn't it? So yep. we've got quits.pcc.eth, who is a large Twitter account who reps a board ape as a profile picture, but has quit.pcc.eth as uh, his username. And 
he tells us he gets asked all the time about that, you know, because it is advertising real estate when you're thinking about it from a, a project, and it's just an another avatar when you're a member of the project. 100%. I love that, man. Uh, this episode has been great, man. This interview has been fantastic. I know it's late uh, where you're at. I know, I'm sure you're a little bit of a night owl as all our all our NFT friends usually are, but I definitely want to let you go uh, relatively quickly here. So uh, any last points uh, that you want to make as it's related to uh, Pernelope's uh, country club here and just any info? Uh, I guess I guess I should shill our sale uh, while I'm here. We we have this we have this sale coming up for 0.1 ETH. Um, we're going to be doing it as soon as we hit our second tax year, just so we don't sell and get hit instantly with a 21% tax before we can sp- spend it on salary and all like that. Properly set up, year of history of actually delivering doing exciting things and not rugging so why why not mint from us instead of uh minting an upside down goblin when <laughs> you know even if we don't pump in that first four minutes before you decide to sell for a loss you know that in six months we'll still be here um and i guess apart from ens and um token and nft worlds the most exciting thing for me is experimenting with uh just nft these little pushes in how you can use nfts so the the grandma isn't new tech but it's a useful social use and i'm excited for what the collection log will then do with similar sort of uh utility love it love it man all right well i'm going to get out of here now guys uh, me and carlini are gonna uh take uh it easy here for the rest of the night i appreciate you showing up uh here on the nifty q show uh carlini it's always great to catch up with uh, a fellow 2017 dgen man i appreciate you hopping on today no thanks for having me it's been great fun all right guys we are taking out later cheers thank you